Amen. Well, good morning, church. Why don't you guys have a seat? How's everybody this morning? Was that a good time of worship and communion or what? Wasn't it? It's good sometimes, you know, just to start our day, just putting things back in perspective. And um, I know there's some tears in this room. I know that there's some heaviness that's kind of lifted as we give it to the Lord. I know he's doing a work in us this morning. We don't want to lose that. We're going to stay right in that train as we, as we go into the, um, the message this morning. We've been talking about the vision and value series here at Hope Chapel last week and this week. And it's basically, what can I expect from Hope Chapel? What can I expect at Hope Chapel? If you're a member of this church, it's a reminder, a constant reminder that we go over the vision and the values. We do a teaching on it once a year. But then interspersed throughout the teachings of life around here, you're going to hear our vision statement come out. You're going to hear our values. We have them on our wristbands and on everything that we do around here so that we can remind ourselves of who we are and what God has called us to. And some of you guys go, oh, it's repetitive. I hear, hear it, heard it before. Well, guess what? Communion. We're going to do it every, every month because repetition is good to be reminded of what we stand on and who Jesus is. We need to be reminded because we're human and we forget, don't we? We forget what life's all about if we're not constantly hearing it. And that's kind of what the message is about today, about being equipped, constantly learning, constantly growing, constantly taking our walk with Jesus Christ further. Our vision statement is giving people the best life possible. That's what we're all about here as a church. You know, you kind of think about what is the product? What are you trying to sell or give away? Or what, what does Hope Chapel exist for? Well, we're trying to give people the best life possible by connecting them to God and his family and equipping them to be involved with what he's doing in this world. That's the product that we are giving to you as a changed life because you interact with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? So that's our vision and our values. There's four of them that we live by. We filter everything through. We set our priorities on. Every ministry event that we do, it's got to fall in line with one at least, if not all, of these values. First one we talked about last week, connecting to God. God is a foundation. Without that, we're just a group of nice people getting together and hoping that our lives go good. But when you put God as the source, as the center, as the one that gives us the power to do so, it changes everything. So we've got to connect to God. Secondly, we've got to connect to God's family. Christianity is a team sport. He didn't create us to go through life alone with just me and him. God says, yeah, Carl, it's you and me and all the rest of my kids. And you're going to need each other. You're going to strengthen each other. You're going to be there for each other. It's a team sport. Live life together. Connect to God's family. Well, today we're talking about the last two of our values that we hold highly here at church. And that's that we would equip people to serve God, that we constantly need to be growing and getting equipped and prepared for a life with God. Because the, the more effort and time you put into it, the better it actually gets. Can you guys remember when you first became a Christian, you first said yes to Jesus, you're excited, he changed your life. But if you would have stayed there, you would have missed out on so much. When you begin to walk forward and you, you get equipped and prepared, you learn how to pray. You learn to open up that Bible and to read it. You learn how to be a part of God's family. You learn to give back to him and you're going, man, life is even more fulfilling the more that I get to know him. So we're talking about that this morning, getting equipped to serve God, not just equipped for the sake of feeling equipped and feeling holy and religious and spiritual, but actually doing something with that walk that you have in him and giving back to him. And then we're going to talk about the last one and, and, as the previous services have kind of indicated, I don't really get to go into that last one too much because I get cut short, but that's okay because I've got a follow-up plan that I'll be telling you about if I don't get into the empower to win the world. The world is, is important to us. People laugh at me sometimes. I've, I've said our vision statement and our values, and I said, oh yeah, we're, we're trying to reach the whole wide world for Jesus Christ. And they go, yeah, you, you're one little church in Kaneohe. How are you gonna reach the whole entire world? I said, I don't know, but we're gonna try. 
We're going to be obedient to what Jesus said is a, the most important thing for us to do. The Great Commission, famous last words, go out there and tell people and tell the whole wide world. So I don't know how we're going to touch the world. And if we only touch as many as we touch, oh, it's just a drop in the bucket. But that's one more drop in the bucket than is there without us having a love for the whole wide world. We have to step up and we have a love for the world, but we realize that we got to be empowered to do so. We can't do it on our own. We need some help. And God goes, I've got just the person for you, the helper, the Holy Spirit. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today. But um, vision and values, here's the whole goal, why we're repetitive and why we push this so much for you to know them. Habakkuk 2 verse 2 is, is the Lord gave Habakkuk a vision and he wanted this vision to be made known to his people. He said, write down the vision, write it clearly on clay tablets so whoever reads it can run to tell others. The whole reason that we go over our vision and values and, and repeat them is that so you could very clearly, very easily latch on to who we are, who God's called us to be as a church so that we can take that message and we can go out there and you can give it away to other people. Amen? It's, it's supposed to be easy. It's supposed to be repeatable. It's supposed to be four values, one vision statement. We get it. God, what do you want from us? Okay, let's go do it. It's not so that we can puff ourselves up, but it's so that we can take the message to other people. So here's, here's the first um, value we're talking about today. Equip to serve. Get equipped to serve God. Equipping. It means to be prepared. It means to be educated. It means to be experienced. It means to be ready for whatever situation comes up. I was thinking about this in my life, and I was thinking... Um, Pretty much any major thing that you want to learn about or you want to get the most out of, like it could be a sport, it could be a hobby, it could be a relationship, your career, education, whatever it is, if you want to succeed and get the absolute fullest extent of what it is that you're, you're searching for, you have to be completely equipped and prepared to understand the fullness. Here's what I'm talking about is from time to time, I like to go stand up paddling. Anybody do the stand up paddling? Okay. Anybody heard of stand up paddling? Anybody seen it on TV or something? Okay, good, good. Because if you don't know what I'm talking about, my story's going nowhere and I'm done right now. So you guys have at least heard, you have a knowledge of it, right? Stand-up paddling is this very big surfboard. It's bigger than a normal surfboard. It's, it's wider, it's thicker, it's longer. The whole idea is it's a very stable surface so you don't fall off. And then as you're on this paddleboard, you take a paddle and you paddle. Thus the name stand-up paddling, right? Okay, so it's a fun sport. And you get to get out there in God's beauty and creation on the water. It's really good exercise for you, but it's fun. And it's a neat way to be in the ocean without technically getting wet. Because if you're good, you don't even fall off, right? You just paddle around and you enjoy it. So it's a good sport. So I do it once in a while. I got my wife a beginner board um, last year for Christmas. And her board is real big, real long, real wide. It's stable. It's, it's for us just kind of getting into the sport, right? We don't do it all the time. We're just, let's start off. Plus it was cheaper. I actually bought it used from the place that rents them all out. Did you know they sell those things? You can get a great deal. A couple hundred bucks versus over a thousand dollars for a new one. So I got her one and we, it was used, it broken in, but it works. It floats. It's great. You know, I painted it. It's all good. So we paddle around on this thing. And I, when I first got it, I thought, you know what? I surf already. So it's going to be pretty easy for me to pick up this sport. I got balance already, right? So I got to it and it was a little tougher, but I got the hang of it pretty quick. So I go out from time to time and I paddle and I'm always looking for the, the days when there's like no winds. Like today would be a beautiful day, right? Just flat, calm, easy water. So it's easy to paddle around and have a little bit of fun and get some sun, take the kids, do that stuff. And it's all good. Well, a couple, uh, probably a couple months ago, two of my friends said, hey, Carl, you want to come stand up paddling with us? I said, yeah, I'm good at it already. You know, like no problem, right? So we go down to Lanikai and as we're driving down, I get the board of my truck 
I'm thinking, I'm gonna show up and meet these guys, but oh, this is an ugly morning. The wind is whipping, it's gonna be all choppy. There's rain, it's gonna be ugly. You know what, I'm off the hook, I don't have to go. And they're, cause they told me, what they told me was, yeah, we're gonna go and we're gonna paddle out to the Mokes and back, right? The Mokulu Islands, and I'm like, Oh, that, that's a little farther than I usually go, right? I'm like, whoa, I don't know if I can pull that off. That's kind of far. And, and they're like, oh, yeah, just come and meet us. So the wind and all that, I'm thinking, driving down, I'm like, oh, I'm off the hook. I guarantee we're not going to go out in this kind of weather, you know, all the way out to the mall. No way. That's gonna, we're probably going to do coffee and breakfast. Awesome. That's right up my alley. Let's do this, right? <laughs> I show up, and sure enough, they're like, oh, yeah, it looks good. I'm like, no, nah, what about the weather? What about the waves and everything? They're like, oh, it's minor. We've been out in way worse. I'm like, oh. Yeah, yeah, of course, you know, because I'm a guy, right? I got pride. I'm like, that's right. Let's do this thing, right? I'm like, oh, man, here we go, right? Get on the water. They put it out. And I'm like, well, here we go, right? And they're like, yep, let's go. And they just start, boom, just going, boom, boom. Their boards are all new, nice, made for waves, made for speed, great paddles, perfect length, all of this stuff. They have awesome, perfect equipment, which I'm looking, oh, that's my used beginner board, right? And paddle isn't even the right length. And I'm watching them go. And they're not like taking a nice, easy pace. They're like, we're here for the workout. I'm like, oh my gosh. And they got the technique. I'm watching their bodies and just the rhythm that they have and everything. And they're just going straight. And mine's like veering all over the place. Like, oh, oh, right? And I'm like dying already. We're halfway out. My back's already hurting. My legs are already sore. And I'm trying to like play it off. Like, yeah, it's all good. It's all good. Inside, I'm like, help, you know? I'm paddling just to keep up with these guys. We get out to the islands finally. I'm just like, Oh, good. So we're going to paddle to the beach, take a break. They're like, take a break. Let's go straight to the waves. So in between the islands, there's some surf and we're going straight to ride the waves. I'm like, I've never ridden waves on one of these things before. Right. And I'm like going, yeah, no, no problem. Let's go. You know, so I paddle over there. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is hard. Falling off every wave, trying to get in. I just don't have the technique. I don't have the practice, but I'm watching them. I'm sitting on the side, you know, like, oh, just, just resting a little bit over there. And I'm trying not to die, like, <gasps> you know, but I'm watching them ride the waves and they're catching the waves with skill, with ease, with grace. They're doing big turns. They're, they're utilizing the board, the equipment. They're getting the most out of that sport that you possibly can and what they're doing. And I'm just like, that looks so fun. That looks so good. I can't do that. And there's a difference between where I was at and where they were at. And the difference is they were fully equipped and fully prepared. They had the right equipment. They had watched the videos. They had talked story to other people. It was a part of them. They practiced it all the time. They knew the technique for their bodies without getting sore. My back is dying. And they're just like, no problem. You know, I'm going to be in bed the next day. And they're just going to be walking around like nothing because they were fully equipped and prepared. And here's the thing that, that we're talking about in getting equipped is the Christian, the Christian life is actually just like that, that you get saved, you connect with God. And life changes. You get new perspective. You feel lighter. God's done something in your life. But if you're just to stay there, it's kind of like there's so much more available if you get yourself prepared and equipped and you press into the things of God. You get to know your Bible. You come to church. You learn what fellowship is all about. You receive the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. You give stuff up to trade for the blessings that God has for you. The more you get equipped, the better your life gets. Would you guys agree? Think about when you first became a Christian, you know? It's like, it's great and it's neat and it's new and it's shiny and it's fun. But as you have matured and you've gotten yourself equipped, you come to church every week, you're, you're in many churches, you're reading your Bible, you're listening to sermons, you're singing praise songs, you're, you're letting go of stuff. God takes you farther and farther and what you find is 
you get better with age, like a fine wine, right? You get better with age the more you stay equipped and press in. And that's what we're talking about this morning is we need to stay equipped. And this church, what you can expect about Hope Chapel is we're going to push you to keep growing, to keep learning, to stay in your Bible, to keep receiving, to keep getting yourself equipped because the Christian life gets better and better and better. Amen? So this is what we're talking about. Ephesians 4.11 says this. Now, these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church. And by gifts, it's kind of like positions. It's kind of people. It's, it's gifted people. The apostles, those are ones that are sent out. The apostle means one who is sent out. That means people who start churches, who start ministries, who, who make something out of nothing. They're, they're being sent out from God to get something going. So the, there's people in our, in our church, in our midst, our leaders that are church planters, that are ministry starters. The apostles, the prophets, those people that speak for God. They have prophetic giftings to speak what God is telling to his people. And they may be of future events to come. It may be just on a preaching platform, but they're speaking God's words into our life. And it says the evangelists, those are people that are gifted at bringing other people to church, to Jesus, into the family of God. They inspire us to do likewise. Then it says people like me, the pastors and the teachers, those that make, give you a plain understanding of God's message and give directions in your life. And it says their responsibility, all of these leadership roles and these gifted people in the church, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. We recognize as one of our values here, we are responsible for not just saying, hey, have you heard about Jesus? Now that you know him, it's all good, you're on your own. We have the responsibility as leaders in this church to constantly be trying to equip you, to prepare you, to grow in the Lord, to further take your walk so that he can do more and more amazing things in your life. You guys get that? So we, we, we understand from this scripture, it's a responsibility. So you can expect that at Hope Chapel that we're gonna push you to learn more, to grow, to practice. We don't want you to just be a baby Christian forever. We want you to get the, the most you can out of Christianity. Ephesians 2.10 says that we are all God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. There's other, other translations that say the do the good works. The, the verse we just read before that, equipping God's people to do his work. We're talking about doing good work, doing good things. See, what, it, what it's talking about is we've done the connecting to God. We've received the good stuff from God. We've connected to his family. We received the good blessings it is to be a part of the family of God. And now it's an opportunity as we grow and we learn and we press in more to him to not leave it in a place where we're just receiving. But now we actually get equipped to go and do good works, to serve God by serving his kids, by serving this world, by loving back. We get to return. Because think about it. Any relationship you're in that's a good relationship, friendship, marriage, or whatever, it's never one-sided. For a real relationship to work, by very nature, the word of relationship means relations. It's two-way. So someone blesses you, and you're not going, oh, I guess I have to do something to bless them back. No, you want to from your heart. You're going, man, I love this person. I love hanging out with them. I love what they do for me, how they make me feel. I want to make them happy as well. And so with us as Christians, there's a point where we mature beyond receiving from God and we actually get the opportunity to give back and to bless him. You guys get where I'm going with this? Equipped to serve, not just equipped in itself. And when I read these verses, and for a lot of my life, here's what I thought about these verses. When it says, equip God's people to do his work, and then it says, we're God's masterpiece, created to do the good things, the good works he planned for us long ago. Here's what I thought, and maybe you think this too. When I become a Christian, and I really get into God, and I walk further with him, he's gonna call me out of my comfort zone to do these things that I might not be aware of now that are gonna be possibly scary. 
Anybody ever thought that? You ever thought like this? Just me, right? A few of you guys? Think about that. When you read that verse, he prepared good works for you. I think, oh no. And I see it in people's eyes. Hey, God's prepared good works for you. And they're just going, oh no, missionary to Africa. (sighs) Now I'm good with my Christianity. I'll keep it at this level. I don't need to go any further. I don't want that good work. That's not good works to me. That's scary. Or you know what? Like God's prepared good works for you. You got to save 18 people by next week in your job site. Oh God, I don't want to do those good works, right? It sounds like it's scary. But you know the reality of it? The more I studied this verse and I got to understand this verse, reading in commentaries and reading what it actually says in the original language, it says more something like this. And I found a commentary that put it into perfect terms that really describes what this verse is saying. The Bible knowledge commentary describes it like this. This does not mean doing a work for God. It is, instead, it is God's performing his work in and through believers as they walk by faith. Okay, you guys get that? There's a difference there. It's not, I become a Christian, now I have to go out and do all of these things. You know what it's actually saying is, as I walk by faith and as I continue to press in to my relationship with God and I give him surrender and control of my life, he's gonna do, he's gonna do in me where I'm already at, the things that I'm already doing, he's begin, gonna begin to create good works out of who I already am and what I normally do. Does that make sense? Now, he might call you to take the extra step, and it may be that you're walking into an area, you might become a missionary or something like that, but you don't have to be afraid that he's going to put something heavy or different or above and beyond who you already are. He says, as you just surrender your life to him, you're not doing the good works. God begins to do the good work in your life, who you already are and what you already do. Does that make sense? That's good because that lets us, a lot of us off the hook in, in the fear zone of like, I got to step on, I got to, no, just surrender to God, be who you are, watch what God can do with who you are and what you already have. Watch what he can begin to do. And he may push you to different steps, but it's going to be normal for who you are. Here's what I mean. Last week, 7 a.m. service, I see a friend of mine show up. He doesn't normally come to 7 a.m. service. I don't know why people come. It's so early. I can barely wake up. I'm barely awake. I don't even know what I'm preaching 7 a.m. service. Kidding. It's hard for me to wake up in the morning. But 7 a.m. is an early service. So I see one of my friends who's usually an 11 o'clock member. He come into 7 a.m. I'm like, dude, what are you doing here this early? And he goes, oh, well, you know, actually, I got to go speak at a funeral after this. I'm like, oh, really? Wow, that, that's cool. Yeah, I get to go share some words and stuff with people. I'm like, hey, good for you. He goes, so I needed to come here because I'm nervous and I need prayer and I need to get something from the message that I can take and I can deliver to other people. So I, I need to do this. I'm like, oh, that's good. That's good. He goes, can you pray for me after? Sure. So after service, I pray for him and he, he gets sparked a word and he goes off to do his thing. What I found out later was... Um, he had been talking at home or around his family, just sharing about the things of God. And he's, he's not a pastor, and he's just a guy sharing and, and talking about God. His life is surrendered to God. And so he's just sharing some stuff. And his family's like, wow, who are you, man? That's good stuff that you're saying. Where is this coming from? You ought to go share at uncle's funeral because you got some really good words to say. You got to go share this. And he's like, oh, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just me. And he goes, no, 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 no. There's something good about your life. You need to go share that at this funeral. So his family saw something in him that was important. He came to church. He got equipped. He got prayer. I prayed, Lord, in Jesus' name, just fill this guy with your wisdom, your Holy Spirit, your favor. Let him have the right words to say that come from a genuine and sincere heart. Let him bless all those people and give hope to a room full of people that are hopeless and hurting and missing their friend that just passed away. And so he's inspired. And he goes, I heard from Pastor Tom. He was doing the announcements, which I think is cool. He got spoken to by the Lord during someone giving announcements. You know that we intentionally try to not just give lip service announcements that are just talking. We try to connect you to God in everything that we do around here. So the guys that give announcements are actually 
preaching at you. They're actually talking about the goodness of God, not just rattling off jokes or talking story about information. We're intent about giving you the message. So he goes, something not even in your sermon, Carl. I'm like, oh, thanks a lot, man. But Pastor Tom said an announcement. I said, that's awesome that you got that out of the announcements. He goes, you prayed for me. I got a word. I got equipped and I'm ready. And you know what he did? He got the opportunity to go share Jesus and give joy and to give hope and give his walk with God away to a bunch of people that are hurting in the room. And I don't even know what happened. I never followed up the story. I don't know if people got saved or if people's hearts were touched. I guarantee you he spoke hope into those people's lives though. He had the opportunity to do something big. But here's where the story gets really cool. When you understand that my friend, he's not a pastor, he's not a teacher, he's not a leader. He's a mobile mechanic. This is what I want you to catch here about these good works. It's God who's gonna use you and what you already do and what you already have as you surrender your life of a mobile mechanic to God. He's gonna put you in places and situations where there is a good work coming out of your life. Do you guys get that? So the reason that we are equipped is not because I keep growing in the Lord and he's gonna ask me to do scary things. No, you just be you and you keep growing in God and God's gonna put you in, in places where you in your normal life are doing good works to the people around you. Is that good? That's why we get equipped. So let me talk to you about three stages of equipping. Now, they may be considered stages. They may be called aspects. I believe you need to have all three in your life operating at all times to fully understand what it is to be equipped, okay? That you can't stop at one of the stages and think that's good enough. I think all three need to be always happening. And it, and it starts with this in our lives. I've taught this before, but it's so important for us to catch this. To be truly equipped, you need to be equipped in your head, your heart, and your hands. Those three words, head, heart, hands. Head means anything you want to get into and, and receive the fullness of, you got to learn about it. You got to have an understanding. You got to have a knowledge about it. And, and so in our sermons, you're going to hear us preparing you and giving you knowledge and understanding of God. My whole goal is that anybody coming from wherever walk of life, however far away from God, whatever, could come in here and that somehow I could preach a message that gives you a clear, basic, clean understanding and knowledge of who God is. So you wouldn't walk away confused going, oh, that religion thing, that's, that's hard. I don't understand that thing. Jesus wants everybody to know him and he wants us to teach it in a simple, easy to get way. But we got to realize that for us to gain the head knowledge about God and the understanding about God, there's really, truly only one absolute source of knowledge and understanding and information about God. What is that? The Word of God, the Bible. So here's what you can expect from Hope Chapel. Everything that we teach and preach in Bible studies and mini churches and words even on the screen for the, the, the worship time, everything comes out of the Word of God. Amen? There's one source. So we definitely need to be learning the word of God. It says in 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what's wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. God uses it, now here comes the catchphrase, to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. The Bible is the source us as a church, as Hope Chapel, it's always going to come back to the Word of God. It's always going to come back to Jesus. It's not about our opinions. Now, people have a lot of opinions in different churches, and we have our own style and everything, but really the foundation for us being equipped and learning about God has got to be the Bible. So we're going to encourage you to read your Bible, to do devotions, to come to church, to listen to sermons, to get involved in many churches where the discussion is based on what did you read this week? What is God speaking to you? Through the Word of God. The Word of God has got to be the foundation, but we know that knowledge about God is not the goal. Knowledge about God is just the start. Amen? It's just the start because we can have a lot of knowledge, but the Bible says this, knowledge puffs up, 
but love builds up. And we can be stuck in the whole puff up. I can quote scriptures to you. I know everything about theology. I can do all that. That's good. But if it stops at the head, you're falling short of the equipping process. Amen? See, the second thing that's most important is you got to let it get into your heart. You got to let the word of God that you read and what you believe, you got to receive it. You got to say, is this worth trying out in my life? And it's when you actually let the word of God and the knowledge of God turn into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ in your heart, that's when everything takes on a whole new meaning. Amen? Amen, guys? Come on, it's in the heart. Here, let me give you an example. When my wife was pregnant with our first child 16 years ago, right? My daughter's 15. She's almost going to turn 16. 16 years ago, when, when my wife got pregnant, I was shocked, scared, excited, you know, worried, the whole deal, like, oh my gosh, a kid. So I did everything I could to learn about what it is to have a kid and to be pregnant and what's my wife going to go through and what's happening to her body and why is she yelling at me, you know, and all, you know, all this stuff changes, right? And so I'm trying to learn up. So I read all the books, baby wise, and what to expect when you're expecting and go to the doctors and go to the classes, right? And I started getting pretty knowledgeable about what this thing's all about, right? Pregnancy's coming along pretty soon. She's like, oh, I'm feeling contractions. And I go, oh, honey, you know what? It's probably just Braxton Hicks, right? <laughs> Braxton Hicks. I dropped the terminology because I'm learning. That's false labor. Braxton Hicks, honey, don't worry about it. Braxton Hicks, right? Because I'm getting knowledgeable, right? I got this understanding of pregnancy and fetuses and embryos and the blah, 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 cervix. Ah, you know, it's like overwhelming, but I think I know what I'm talking about, right? And so time's going on and I'm like, oh, you know, just to drop terms because I feel like I'm getting educated and knowledge and understanding. Hey, hey honey, how's your, uh, how's your fundus doing today? She's like, my what? You know, the upper part of the uterus, it's an indication of whether the baby's coming along and pregnancy, healthy. How's your fundus? Because I know the words, right? And I thought I was all ready and equipped for the baby because I learned all the stuff and I had the knowledge of it and everything. But let me tell you something. When I was in the hospital room the day that my baby, my firstborn, when that little slimy person came out and I saw her face to face, let me tell you something. All of that head stuff went right out the window because suddenly my heart was involved. Suddenly I realized that little greasy person right there (laughs) is my baby, is my daughter. And suddenly my heart just, and I'll tell you, I cried when every single one of my kids were born. And I'm not a crier, okay? I'm a man, but I cried (laughs) every time. And my heart broke because you know what had happened? All of the terminology and this baby and this embryo and this fetus and blah, 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 blah became a reality because it went into my heart and I fell in love with that little person that I just met knowing that that little person's gonna grow up loving me and we're gonna have this relationship and I'm gonna have this experience and my life would never be the same. See, when we're getting equipped for God, don't stop at reading the Bible. Yes, read the Bible. Yes, go, go to church, learn sermons. Fill up on the knowledge of what God is all about, but make sure it gets into your heart. Amen? Make sure you have that personal relationship where now I really get it. Oh, my life is never going to be the same. But it can't just also stop at our hearts because what we know is it needs to get into our hands because true faith demands action. We read that in Isaiah 58 verse six is that God expects us not to just receive from him and to be close to him because if you learn about God in the head, and you accept him in your heart and you're, you're feeling good and you're feeling his love, if it stops right there, you know what that just makes you? If it stops right there, it makes you selfish. It makes me selfish. Why? Because everything's only for me. I'm learning about God and God's presence in my life. Jesus, he's good and my heart is touched. That's awesome, but that's selfish if it stops there. 
The third step has to be that you would give that away to other people because there's other people out there that need exactly what you have. Isaiah 58 verse 6 says, this is Isaiah the prophet speaking for God to people who thought they were good enough, holy enough, religious enough. They went through the fasting, the tithing, they're all good. And God says, no, 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 no. This is the kind of fasting that I want. Here's the kind of action, the kind of worship that I'm looking for. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free and remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry. Give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them. And do not hide from relatives who need your help. It's funny that he adds that, right? Because we've all got that uncle, right? There's, oh, not, not that guy, God. No, I promise. I love everybody else. But that guy, seriously, right? But Jesus is saying this. He goes, in order for your relationship and your faith to be real, you got to give it away. It's got to come out in your actions. That it's not just, I know about God and I own him in my heart and I love him. But you're going, it's so good. I got to tell people. I got to serve my God back in this relationship. And the way that we serve God best, listen to this. The way that you serve God best is by serving his other kids right? Because God's in heaven and we can give him praise and worship. We can sing to him. But the way to really bless his heart is when he's going, there's all my kids down there. And when you love on them, you're loving on me. Because how many of us as parents, we know that to be true. You be nice to my kids. You take care of my kids. You love on my kids. I love you and I thank you and I owe you. So God is going, man, you know what blesses my heart more than anything in serving me? Serve my other kids. Be a blessing in this world. It says build up the church and do the good works. Well, we, we serve by, by serving in the church, volunteering, ushering, cameraman, you know, all of this stuff. We give to the church, to God's resources. We tithe and we give offerings. That's good. Push his church. But we also just serve him by just sharing the love that he had for other people around us. It's about sharing and it's about our faith being made real. It's got to get to our hands. Gandhi once said this, you know what? I've, I've looked at religions and I like your Christ, but I don't like your Christians because your Christians look nothing like your Christ. I would hate for anybody to look at my life and say that about me. See, I gotta understand that it's not about knowing God, it's not about accepting in my heart, yeah, Jesus is good. It's about saying, I, I'm moved to action and I'm giving away and I'm gonna be a blessing to this world because God did that for me, I gotta give that to other people, amen? That we, we're called to be equipped so that we can actually serve, not just equipped to equip. See, we're not equipped to look good because if you got knowledge, you can spout off stuff, oh, you look good. You got Jesus in your heart where you're equipped to feel good. We're not equipped to look good and to feel good. We are equipped to do good in this world. We're equipped to do something, to give it away. That's the final process. All three, head, heart, hands, all operating in our life together. And remember, it's the fact that God is expecting you to be who you are and let him do the good work in you right there where you're at. You know, there's a, a bunch of guys that come up here on Friday nights, and I love that they come up here. There's a group that comes from Hinamaka, the Drug and Alcohol Treatment Center, right down the road. And I'm so blessed to be there for them as they're going through the hardest time of their life, trying to get free, trying to get clean, get rid of addictions and stuff. They come up here every Friday night. And one week, it'll be a bunch of the guys. They have to sign out and say, we're doing field trip or whatever. We're going up to that church on the hill. So Pastor Ernie brings them all up, him and his leaders. They bring them up. They sit here. And you know what? They're at such a place where they're broken, where they're ready. They're looking for help in any way. And there's tears. And they raise their hand to get saved. And they meet Jesus. And he works in their lives. And it's awesome to see. One week, the guys will come. The next week, the girls will come. We tried co-ed before. And they sneak off. And they get frisky. And that's not good. <laughs> so we do guys girls we separate them right but they come and they find Jesus and here's what I'm saying about getting equipped to serve is God is going to do the good work in you right where you're at those people that come up here and they find Jesus and they get their lives changed 
they go straight right back into that center and they start telling all their friends, hey, you know what? We found something good. We went up to that church and we prayed this prayer. We feel good. They gave us a Bible. Read this thing. This stuff is good. There's something lighter. I think there's more hope for us getting over the stuff we're dealing with because we got some help now. There's a church family. There's a God in heaven that loves us. We're forgiven. We didn't have to come perfect and holy and clean. We're messed up, but this God met us and something good is happening. You know what they're doing? They're taking what they've learned. They got equipped and they're serving God by serving other people. And then a whole new batch of people come up the next week because those people are out there serving God. Here's what you got to know. Those people are not pastors, teachers, leaders in the church. They are people that have submitted their lives to God. They're getting equipped and they're growing. And they're immediately using where they're at in their life in the treatment center to serve God with what they've already got because they're surrendering their lives to God. You guys get what I'm trying to say? Wherever you're at right now, you can be equipped to serve God and to do good works that doesn't necessarily mean being a missionary to Ethiopia or whatever. It means who you are, where you're at right now, what you're taking in and receiving here today, go and serve God by serving other people. Is that good? So that's our value. And I've almost run completely out of time here, but I'm gonna attempt to give you a little bit about the, the last one, okay? Empower to win the world. Power to win the world. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Why is it a big deal to us that you would have a love for the world? Well, Jesus said this before he ascended back into heaven, before he, he left this earth. He said, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. The Father gave me this authority. Therefore, go and make disciples, followers of Jesus Christ, Christians of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. You know what Jesus' famous last words were? Go tell other people about me. You know how important it is when you end a letter or an email or you're not gonna see your friend for a long time and you always sneak in the famous last words that you really wanna make sure that they understand, right? Don't forget to feed the dog, right? Or whatever it is, right? Or I love you. You get in the last one because it's important to you. Here's Jesus saying, great commission, biggest commandment I'm giving all of you guys is tell other people about me. Have a love for the world around you, right? Because you are the world, right? Because we are the world. We are the world. We are the children, right? We are the world. And Jesus says, you better have a love for the world because I have a love for the world. If the world matters to God, the world should matter to us, amen? We were the world that was in need of a savior. God came, now we're saved, now we're rescued, now we're pulled out of darkness into light, but we better make sure that everybody else, our friends and family and people out there, that they can have the same blessing that we have. We better love this world around us, amen? And so one of our things, our values around here is we're gonna constantly be pushing you, go share your faith, go bring other people into the family. It's not enough that we're here in our little clubhouse in our tent up on the hill in Kaneohe. We better get out there and bring other people to this place into a relationship with Jesus Christ. So it's a value of ours. It's a big value in our lives. There's a song that we sing. We sang it this morning. Hosanna by Hillsong, you know that Hosanna song? Hosanna means praise to God, glory to God. It's a, it's a shout of adoration and praise to our God. So we sing that song, and I love that song, but there's a verse in there, a line in there that always gets me, that always causes me to hold back the tears, and it's this. It says, heal my heart and make it clean. Open up my eyes to the things unseen. And then it says this line, these two phrases. Show me how to love like you have loved me. When I think about that, John 3.16 says, God loved the world so much that he gave his only son, right? God loved the world, and I think about it like this. God loved the world before we even loved him back. It says, while we were still sinners, 
Christ died for us. God gave his son for us. That's love. That's true love. When people who do not deserve it, God says, you're worth me sending my son to die a horrendous death on a cross, undeserved, but I think you deserve it. I love you that much. So when I read those words, show me how to love like you have loved me, that's a love for the world. Lord, that I could have a love for the lost and a love for this world that is based on the fact that you loved me when I didn't even deserve it, when I was far from you. God, I wanna love other people that way. That we need people to come to this church extremely broken, messed up, screwed up, making mistakes, looking terrible, because that's really how all of us come anyway, right? We gotta let them in the doors. We gotta invite them into the party that we have with Jesus Christ because God loves them. They matter to him. They better matter to us. And we better not judge people. We better allow them to come into church. Let God work the process of grace in their life, amen? People are gonna come and they're gonna not look like you. They're not gonna sound like you, smell like you, feel like you, taste like you. I, don't, I hope you don't taste people, but well, you know, they're gonna come in and be different and messed up and screwed up. And our job is to welcome them in, is to invite them in and introduce them to Jesus. It's gonna change their life. We have to have a love for the world. Our fourth value is win the whole wide world to Jesus Christ, right? And when he tells us to do that, think about it this way. God doesn't call us to save everybody because I know we hear that and we're like, oh, save the whole world. I can't do that. God doesn't call us to save everybody. God doesn't call us to save somebody. God calls us to save anybody. So that means whoever crosses your path, if there's an opportunity and an opening to say how good God is, you take advantage of that opportunity, amen? Not the everybody's, not even the somebody's, it's the anybody's, that that's the great commission. Someone asked Jesus, what are the, what's the most important commandment in scripture? He goes, well, I'll give you two because they're equally important. Number one, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Number two, equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. Upon those two, all the law, all the prophets, everything that you know about me are based on those two things. Love God and love others. Go into the world, make disciples, love people. John three sixteen. God loved the world when the world didn't even deserve the love. God loves the world. He thinks the world is important. It matters to him. It better matter to us. Amen? And then the last thing before we get you out of here this morning, because I don't have time, it's okay. Last thing we need to recognize about that empowered to win the world is the first part that says empowered Jesus actually told his disciples when he was leaving for heaven, he goes, hey, go out there and spread the word, but hold on. Before you get out there, wait for the Holy Spirit to come and empower you. You know, he said that? Don't start churches. Don't start preaching for me. Don't start doing all the miracles and everything else. You're gonna need some help. Pray and wait for the, the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon you. Then you're gonna be most effective in this world. And sure enough, they're waiting, they're praying, they're seeking. Acts chapter two, the day of Pentecost comes along. The Holy Spirit comes, people are speaking in tongues. They're empowered, they have boldness. And you know what they did? They went out into all the rest of the world and they shared the good news of Jesus with the power of the Holy Spirit alongside of them, empowering them, giving them boldness, giving them power to do the things that only God can do. Proof that God is God, miracles, words of wisdom, prophecy, speaking in tongues. Guess what? That's all the stuff that God does. And we need that help. Don't we need that help? Because I'll tell you something. I'm scared to go and talk to people about Jesus Christ. I'll get up on stage. That's my gift. I can do all of this stuff. You know what? But without the power of the Holy Spirit, I could never do this. In school, I hated speech class. I got physically sick when I had to read in like in sixth grade, you know, the note cards, like, oh, this is the solar system. Ah. I literally got sick in the middle of the presentation. Miss, can I go home, please? I'm gonna throw up. I literally, I hate doing that kind of stuff. 
You know what I experience every single week in my life? The power of the Holy Spirit giving me the boldness and the speaking ability to come and preach messages where people can find Jesus. Let me tell you this. You meet me outside of here. I preach way better than I talk, okay? I don't know how to talk. I'm a wallflower. I'm just kind of shy. I'll greet you at the door, but that's about as good as it gets, right? You hang out with me, and you're waiting for these heavy revelations from God, and I'm just like, hi, I'm Carl. (laughs) Proof in my life of the Holy Spirit's power I hate public speaking. I hate speaking in crowds. I don't like that stuff. But proof of God's Holy Spirit power in my life every week is the speaking ability that he's given me that I can get up here every week. I am dumbfounded and amazed every single week. I have to study for these sermons. It kills me. I'm like, it's so hard. Then I get up here and what comes out? I'm just going, God, wow, you are good. People actually found Jesus today. Thank you, God, for giving me a gift that is above and beyond my normal That is the Holy Spirit acting in my life. And we're gonna be pressing in as a church into being empowered by the Holy Spirit. And I'm not gonna even preach on it. You know why? Next week, I got a buddy that's gonna handle the topic pretty good. John Bevere is coming. He just wrote a book on the Holy Spirit. His whole book is on that. You're gonna get dosed with it. And I'm gonna follow it up with a sermon series on the importance of the Holy Spirit empowering us so that we can go and win the world to Jesus Christ. Is that good? So that's us as a church in four little values and one vision statement. And I went over and I'm sorry for that, but that's who we are. And thank you guys for being a part of it. And I hope that you believe in us and you'll join us in the mission that God has given us as a church. But let's bow our heads and pray. Lord God, we love you and we just thank you. We thank you for the vision and the values that you've given us as a church. I thank you for this church family, Lord. It's so great to be connected to such a great group of people that love you and that, that are, are just having the best intentions and and just help for one another, Lord. It's good to be a part of a family. Lord, I pray that you would always keep us connected, that you would keep us equipped, that none of us would think we we know enough and we could stop with our walk, but there's always more to press into. And Lord, the deeper we get with you, the better it gets in our lives. And I pray that we would stay equipped, head, heart, and hands, Lord, that we'd always be seeking more of you. But Lord, that we would take it out of us and give it away to other people, that we realize there's a world out there that needs us. And Lord, so we wanna grow, not just this church, Lord, we wanna grow the kingdom of God. We want people to be pulled out of whatever situation they're in, where they're lost and they're searching and they're trying to take care of life on their own. Lord, we pray that we could introduce them to you that's gonna help them, that's gonna love them, that's gonna forgive them, clean them up, fix their life, bless them, and offer them life in eternity uh, uh, as well, Father God. We thank you for that. We thank you for the love that you offer. I pray right now, Lord, if there's anybody in the room, I'm talking to probably a select group of people this morning, that you came and you like what you hear and you know that God is in this and that God's talking to you that you need to press a little deeper. You need to go a little farther. You need to actually connect with God. You want to. You want to allow God to begin to move in your life, that there's more to life than what you've been experiencing, that God is good and he wants to do some things if you'll just say yes to him. I wanna lead you in a prayer right now if that's you. And I know there's people in this room here this morning. You need to connect with God in a real way. And you've been waiting and whatever. You, you came and for some reason you know it's the right thing to do this morning. Well, that's God himself. That's the Holy Spirit drawing you to him letting you know what you need. And I'd like to say a prayer just to make things right with you, to connect you to God in a real way, in an eternal way. And maybe this is a first step for you. Well, let me tell you, it's gonna be a good one. It just keeps getting better and better. The more you stay equipped, the more you grow in Him. But maybe you're someone that uh, connected a long time ago. Maybe you, you've, at least you think you did, you feel like you did, that you, you maybe once followed Jesus or you knew more about Him in your life. And for whatever reasons you've walked away, it's been a while. You got disconnected and you got distracted and you don't know God's there, but you don't know if you're really tight and you're where you need to be. 
I'd like to include you in the same prayer as well, whether it's your first time saying yes to Jesus or just uh, it's time to come back. God, I'm sorry I've been away for a long time. If that's you, then I would like you to pray with me the prayer I'm going to pray. Now, I'm going to pray it out loud. I'm not going to ask you to pray it out loud. You pray it quietly in your heart. God judges our heart. He wants us to own up to it. After church, you can go and tell people and say, hey, I, I prayed. I'm a Christian now. But I think the first step is actually in the heart. And God really is concerned with our hearts crying out to him, having a right heart. So I'm going to pray out loud these words, lead you in a prayer. And I'm going to ask that you in your heart of hearts would, would pray along with me. So you don't have to say it loud, but we'll just pray together. People seated around you have their eyes closed and their heads bowed. So they're not looking at you, but I would like to know. I would like you to let me know who I get the privilege to pray with this morning. And how we're going to do that, real simple, is before we pray, I'm just going to count to three. And when I count to three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand just so you would signal me, hey, pastor, I'm here today. I'm praying. I, I want this. So if that's you on the count of three, then you raise your hand. We'll pray. And uh, God's going to move in your life and it'll change everything starting here today. So real quick and simple, one, two, three. Can you raise your hand and hold it up till I see you? I see one hand over here. I see two over there. I see three. I see four, five. Thank you, Father God, as I'm looking around. At least five people this morning are saying yes to you, committing their life. Thank you for those hands, Father God. If that was you, go ahead and put your hands down and just pray this with me in your heart of hearts. God, I'm here today and I need you. I want you. I'm looking for change. I'm looking for help. I'm tired of living this life on my own. I believe that you are real and that you have plans for my life. And so because of that, Father God, I just want to say this in this prayer from my heart, yes to all that you have planned for me. Lord, I know you're not going to make it hard. You're going to be here to help me. I don't have to come to you perfect and all cleaned up. You're going to work on that in my life as I just surrender and let you do what you need to do. Lord, I'm going to begin to do good works because you're doing the work in me. But I look forward to that. Lord, I, I pray right now that that you would know me and that I would know you in a real way. I believe that your son Jesus went to the cross for my sins. He paid the price. He didn't need to. He didn't deserve it, but he did it for me and everybody else that would call on his name and believe in what he's doing. Lord, you paid the price for me. And then Jesus, you rose from the grave. You defeated death. You actually overcame. You did the impossible. You came back to life and you proved to everyone that you were the son of God and you proved to me and all that would follow you that we have freedom from sin and shame and guilt and we have forgiveness. And so Lord, I'm gonna receive that right now. As I believe it, I receive it. From this moment on, I'm gonna live it. I'm gonna walk it out. That just means that my life is, is continually getting closer to you and being equipped and drawing near to you, reading my Bible, learning to pray, being a part of church, getting baptized, receiving the power of your Holy Spirit, all of that stuff. I may not know how to do it, but Lord, I trust you're gonna show me how to do it. And there's people in this church that are just gonna become my friends and are gonna love me and just help me to get all that I can out of this relationship that I now have with you. Thank you for loving me and accepting me just as I am, Lord. I look forward to the power of your grace and your Holy Spirit in my life as I continue seeking you. We thank you, we love you, and Jesus' church said, amen. Let's praise God for those people that, that prayed with us this morning. Praise God.